1: whether it's for young and fresh wines or for those with ageing potential.
0: Holly Smith is one of the UK's most engaging wine experts. Known for his appearances on Saturday Kitchen, his newspaper columns, his celebrity podcast and his books, as well as his sense of humour and love of words. I caught up with him from his house in Lewes to talk about his favourite films, his collection of English sparkling wines, his love of all things Greek and the friendship he developed with the late Sir Roger Moore. Hello Ollie, and how are you?
1: Tim, I'm thriving, and I'm so happy to be here with you doing this. I mean, wine and good friends, there's nothing better, right? There is nothing better than that, and you
0: always bring a smile to my face. You're always Mr. Jolly.
1: Well, likewise, and I I think throughout our relationship and our friendship, that's one of the things I've always sort of loved about knowing you, is you don't just inspire me about wine, you inspire me about so many other things, like movies and music and theatre and books, and our worlds collide in the most magnificent way as a result, so hurrah. And we both love Sexy Beast, our favourite film. Well, we've got to get straight into it. I mean, it is one of the greatest films ever made. I mean, it's a terrifying film. It's a hilarious film, but it's a film that always makes me feel like I'm tingling on edge. I I never quite, I mean, I know I've seen it a million times, but I never know how it's going to end, even though I do know. I feel (laughs) that I don't. (laughs) Listen, where are you at the moment? You're at home, aren't you? Lewis? I'm at home. I'm in my pod uh, just near Lewis in East Sussex, which has, of course, become a bit of a hub for the world of wine. When I moved down here in 2000, There was a Breaky Bottom, there was Ridgeview, Night Timber down the road. I mean, now there's just an extraordinary number of vineyards, nothing to do with me, of course, but delighted to see it happening. They're following you. Well, I mean, it's a thought, isn't it? Maybe they're swarming around something that I've left, something unfortunate. But no, it's, it's, it's really wonderful to have that in the neighbourhood. And honestly, it's taken off in a way that I never thought that it would this quickly. I always believed in it, and I've been collecting English wine seriously since the year 2000, especially the fizz. But, um, but to see it happen so rapidly and gain such plaudits is just super gratifying. So hats off to everyone who's doing it. No, exactly. I mean, I often ask people about where they came from, and it's just fun
0: to know. Because where were you born and brought up? I mean, you weren't born and brought up in Lewis, were you?
1: No, that's true. I came down to Sussex because I met and fell in love with Sophie uh, at school during my Mm A-levels. And she was a Brighton girl. Um, But before that, I was, uh, people will never believe this with my accent. Mm -hmm. However, I was born in County Durham in Darlington. Why? yeah, I know. <laughs> so me and uh, Jim Moyer, Vic Reeves, uh, both sons of Darlow, very proud of that. Mum and Dad were working there at the time. Mum was a nurse, Dad was a teacher, and we lived in Eggleston and then le Weir. And I absolutely loved living there. But we got shipped out quite early in my childhood. Mum and Dad both got jobs and were shipped as essential employees to the island of Jersey in the Channel Islands. So mm. far from the sort of millionaire's villa of Bergerac, we were, you know, living, you know, it was a comfortable life. But everybody all. all automatically assumes that there I was with a yacht and a tricorn hat and knee-high boots. With a not musket? A bit just, of it. No, not at all. It was just a very regular kind of living on a little estate upbringing, and it was yeah. it was charming. I'm not going to run away from that. Living by the beach in Jersey was brilliant. Was and um, and I know
0: your parents love wine now, but were they drinking wine then, or have they kind of got into it because of you in a way?
1: Well, that's a brilliant question. They they totally got into it at the same time as me. So I uh, went to school. I actually went to a boarding school. I was a chorister at King's College, Cambridge. I won a music scholarship there, and then on won another music scholarship to Charterhouse, mm. playing the French horn and so forth. But during the holidays in Jersey, my job was in Orange and Company Vintners. And that was how I, I sort of met wine and fell in love with wine. And mum and dad had never really seriously been into it beforehand. But it sort of coincided with the time that wine hit the supermarket. So it was, it, all my friends thought I was really odd working in a wine shop and being completely obsessed by it. But they, they I mean, now, of course, they love it. And mum and dad, I mean, they've gone from being, you know, the occasional bottle of Santa at Easter time, which is what they used to do. To, you know, I think they are probably Majestic's most loyal customers of all time. But <laughs> well, like competed with my dad. Yeah, really, see a majestic man. Well, they can man. see him coming. Yeah, yeah. he's they love huge like, They love it, don't they? I mean, I think it's partly because they look at all the team, you know, as they go in the store and think that they're probably related to them in some way. They sort of look at them and think, are these, they're sort of similar age to their kids. They love the banter, you know. And, and I think, all I mean, they love the wine society as well, of course. And, you know, they live down in Devon. So, again, they're quite into Yarlston, the local vineyard there. But, there's you know, there's nothing really they won't taste, and that's what I really love about mum and dad. Yeah, um good. And opens, actually,
0: they're open to new wines, right? And experiences.
1: Well, this is it. And, and after you and I went to South Africa all those years ago on a, on a highly memorable trip, mm-hmm. I ended up taking dad as a kind of just a bit of a kind of the two of us going out. And I'm really glad we did it because he subsequently lost his sight and um, is, is not able to travel very much. But I've got such happy memories of visiting tremendous wineries. You know, he loves golf. I'm useless. I barely get loft on the ball. So I was basically playing snooker while he was playing golf in these uh, places. Like but I took him to Molineux when they moved to the Swartland, when they moved to um, Rubik's Castile. And it, my dad, and because they'd just moved there, my dad helped them hang the sign on the front of the winery. Oh. So, so I love memories like <laughs> That you just—it's the nicest thing in the world.
0: Wine is made of, isn't it? Well, totally. Just tell us about the about the music stuff because i I, you know I I thought I knew very well. I didn't know that you were a King's College choral scholar. Then you took up the French horn, and then you got a top music scholarship to Chart as You mentioned where you met your wife, Sophie. Are are you still? I mean, you're pretty musical. You still, you know, you sing in the shower.
1: I, I I relentlessly sing in the shower I do and, and, and I, I sing all the time if I can and my children regularly tell me to shut up it's I think I'm an excruciating parent in many regards but probably the, the the non-stop singing I mean I love I do love music I listen to music constantly so if you were to you know find one area of life that I would always be happy to discuss aside from wine, music would be absolutely up there live gigs I'm seeing John Cale tonight at the Delaware Pavilion can't wait. Mm. Um, yeah, and I, actually, weirdly, there are a lot of bands, younger bands like Flight and um, Billy Martin is another one, who really like wine and get in touch. And we kind of go on these kind of music wine adventures. So there's definitely synergy. But as for the French horn, funnily enough, Tim, I haven't played for years, and I'm determined to pick up a French horn again, partly, if anything, to just, you know, reverse the effects of gravity on my face. It's looking like a landslide <laughs> just, at the just, moment. Just, just, get, I need some get muscular. The old, get, the old lips moving. get the lips moving. Yeah, but uh, no, the piano I play a lot, and I learn the organ. I love playing playing the guitar and i've even released a single which you can find on spotify and itunes called uh, snow on the borderline it was oh, a, a challenge not during... on the
0: water but snow, <laughs> snow on the borderline
1: no but what a great double bill but that I'm, would be gonna, yeah. i'm gonna listen
0: to that I can't yeah. wait.
1: it was a challenge during lockdown actually i can't remember who asked me to do it but i i did it anyway i released <laughs> I a single it. of course it didn't get to number one yeah. but there we are i mean your other great love is is words obviously you're
0: an amazing wordsmith and you went to Edinburgh University you studied English literature um is that when you really fell in love with language or or as a kid were you always you know you're you love kind of puns and word games and all that kind of stuff I do metaphors was that something you grew up with from your parents or
1: something? I th- well mum and dad were just really kind to me and my brother Will and I think growing up they gave us a lot of space to express ourselves and we were very much into comedy and Laurel and Hardy in particular we used to write a lot of kind of little plays and skits and we we were both really into books I mean he was always a bit more highbrow than me you know I was kind of more into the comics and yeah. Asterix and he was very much a Tintin man and and these days we have we've coincided to a degree but I I did fall in love with literature early at school and then I did English a level which was my favorite subject and and i did english at edinburgh university as you said with um a little bit of history of art and scots lit as well but it was an ma that i I loved and and actually at edinburgh in addition to my job at orange and company vintners in the holidays my job during term time was working at the cameo cinema so Mm -hmm. so really the kind of the the worlds that i inhabited of words the screen wine they were always my the things that fascinated me yeah. i find it amazing that i've managed to kind of in, in some departments of life bring them all together which is and just get
0: people to pay you to do it amazing. well yeah That's what i, I mean, feel as well. Same thing.
1: yeah and I, I know you're such an advocate of like doing what you love and 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 it, it, i just think we're so fortunate in mm. so many regards i mean don't get me wrong it's hard work at times mm. but i absolutely love every second of it yeah I mean, you've always had that slightly
0: surreal, absurdist side <laughs> to your humour, which I like. I mean, it was you know, and your brother was a stand-up for a while, wasn't he? I mean, did yeah. You- did you ever think about
1: doing that? Do you ever well, think oh, I might have a go at this? A I new d- yes. The Vic Reeves. Well, I loved, yeah, Jim's great. I, I, yeah. Did, um, I, I did do a bit of stand-up. I actually was the runner-up in the BBC's Open Mic Competition, and it ended up with me playing at the Glastonbury Festival uh, with Julian Barrett, who obviously went on to Great Things with the Mighty Boosh. And I remember, I, I can't have been that good, because I had my guitar and I did my funny little skit as the runner-up, and one of my flatmates from Edinburgh University, who I will name and shame, James Wood, I know you're out there if you're listening to this, <laughs> He he uh, was in the crowd with his uh, now wife, Tori, and uh, d- didn't even notice I was on stage. So I walked off stage and went, oh my gosh, there's my flatmate. Walked up to him and went, hi, Jim, how are you doing? And he said, oh, great. What have you been doing? I said, mate, I've just been on stage. I've just been doing a gig. He hadn't even noticed. So I didn't make a huge impression. But I thought, to be honest, the thing about stand-up, it's a wonderful discipline, and I really respect people who do it. But I think, for me, it was a staging post onto finding ways to, to engage and to communicate. And, and as for my brother, he was a stand-up for years, actually, and is now um, a, an exec producer and a showrunner for Apple on a, a show called Slow Horses. So he's, mm. he's, he's, he still loves comedy, and that's very much as well. But he's also now just an extraordinary, I, I guess, you, I don't know what you call him broadcaster just he's a mind i'll just call him a mind mind. he is a mind
0: what did you do post uni were you writing scripts for a bit
1: yes i did i i had a really sort of strange segue into into wine i left uni and met somebody who I had an idea for an animation show with, which the BBC showed a sniff of in- interest in. And we, we were really hard at it, and we, we kept going for about a year. And the spec script we came up with got noticed by you know, quite a few people. So I ended up writing for – I was head writer, actually, on Pingu for three series. Of course, notoriously speaks in gobbledygook, which is on my <laughs> writing skills. But you had to write everything in the script, like where he was, what he was doing, who's he who's he interacting with, you know, what's what's going on. So that was that was silent comedy, effectively. And then a bit of work with Charlie and Lola, mm. Wallace and Gromit for one day on the Curse of the Were Rabbit, and then along came my opportunity in in Wine, which. Mm yeah, was, was kind of partly down to a, another writer actually called Mark Huckabee, who was, you know, I'd been doing writing for a few years and he kept taking me to one side. He's still a dear friend. He kept taking me to one side and saying, look, Ollie, you, you, you're all right at screenwriting, but really all you talk about is wine. And I, I really think you should seriously consider trying to do that because I think you'll enjoy it more, but also you seem to be just happy when you're doing it. Yes. And then along came the Notorious Conference. Comp- this is Wine Idol, right? Yes. I mean, not Pop Idol, but Wine Idol. It only happened once, didn't it? Yeah, I think I'm the only holder of Wine Idol. I think they I don't know if they got in trouble with um, the owners of Pop Idol, but yeah, sponsored by Hardee's, and it was a, a sort of a they were looking for somebody to go and, and, and appear on Great Food Live. So the prize was actually an audition to go on Great Food Live. You didn't get a slot. Yeah. So I, I think it was about six thousand people downloaded the application form and we, we had to do writing, we had to film ourselves, we had to present live, we had to do blind tastings. And I remember getting down to the last three. And I think I think the wine I did I think it was I think there was a mispour because it was supposed to be a I think it was supposed to be a Cabernet Sauvignon but I'd, I'd identified as Shiraz and then they were sort of dismissing me from the competition and then they realised the researcher had he actually brought the, the Shiraz they poured the wrong wine so so and I was really kind of sticking by my gun and saying but this is you know this is incredibly smoky this is you know this is definitely Shiraz and I think that was what probably carried me on the day um, but but a, but a wonderful chance yeah. that I then really kind of used to 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 try to get a break so the audition i actually went for that audition tim and i remember the producer lovely juliet she was so like not impressed she said i saw you at the wine idol thing you're very theatrical and flamboyant but you're not tv and i was really quite downhearted before i went and did the audition and then i did it in the studio mm. and to her credit Juliet lee she she came down and said you know what i stand corrected I, I really enjoyed that would you like the chance to come on the show and and she became again a great mentor and friend over the years but um and, and how did the connection with saturday kitchen happen because you're still you're still on there a lot aren't you I know, yeah it's still there uh, amanda ross who at the time found me uh and uh, sort of auditioned me for the richard and judy book club at uh, wine club sorry even i'd be something else on the book club um and I I think she went through hundreds of people she was looking and looking and looking and eventually she 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 basically discovered me and gave me my opportunity and then that was how Saturday Kitchen came along and that's been obviously a a, you know, a, a very regular uh, thing in my life for, for many years now, but I think the the lovely thing about it is that it re- it reaches so many people yeah. and it 's an opportunity to, to to sort of guide people through the world of wine through the world of supermarket wine you know and ideally you know to, to to encourage them to taste what they really would like, but then hopefully to find other experts and find regions beyond and outlets beyond the ones we use and spread their wine wings so yeah. i 've always seen it as a great platform to advocate for wine in the first place as opposed to other Drinks which I do also love, I'm gonna wine... ask you about those. Yeah, do, do, do. Yeah, but, no, but t- tell me first,
0: you know, I just want how the show's changed over the years. Do you think it's changed? I mean,
1: yeah, for sure. Yeah, I yeah. think it's uh, the diversity is fantastic now. We're getting a lot more uh, younger people. There's, there seems to be um, a, a, a kind of a wider pool as well of, of talent, I think, coming on the show, and I think instinctively it feels like we're giving people more of a chance you know people who maybe haven't got a profile but yeah. if they're fantastic they can come on the show yeah. um we had a wonderful guy last week henry who was he'd invented the yorkshire pudding rap uh not a song but a kind of a literally a burrito that you, yeah, you fill with wrap the yeah exactly it? but it was a brilliant idea and he was a great entrepreneur you know and really cool and never been on telly and he did a great job and i think you know that that sort of thing can be can be lovely but as far as wine goes i think it's broadened beyond just wine, um, which is nice to see as well. So we can, you know, we can offer a bit of cider, a bit of beer. And of course, that brings the average spend down as well, because those units tend to be, you know, a a bit less pricey in terms of the single unit spend. Um, So yeah, from that point of view, and cocktails as well. So it's definitely moved with the times and the thing i love most is just the extraordinary nature of those dishes Tim. because now i'm in the studio i get to taste them which is amazing and amazing i can honestly chefs, right? well yeah i can hand yeah. on heart say they genuinely knock it out of the park and one thing i will say is that matt in the middle of the show always has this segment where he does an interview and that whoever it is robson green or it might be you know it could be anybody but he he prepares a dish in real time in about six or seven minutes mm. and it is always super easy to cook and so delicious mm. and those are the recipes I, was re- I would really recommend listeners to go and look up on the bbc's website and have a go at of course the other chefs are fantastic but if you want something quick and easy for a midweek uh, dinner or a midweek lunch those are the ones that um, which really we all do right i mean well, you know, basically I, yeah we're all, yeah. all all up for it aren't we yeah and, and yeah I mean, something you can do in 15 minutes is not too much
0: of your time basically is it yeah totally totally i mean you know, you're also newspaper columnists you know one of the few left these days yeah you're on telly as we've heard you've written six books i just wonder how do, how
1: do you describe yourself <sighs> That is a really difficult one. So uh, genuinely, I like to think, well, uh, the way I look at myself is I'm in training to be hopefully a really good grandfather if my children ever have children. I kind of think if I can, uh, uh, you know, assemble enough life skills to just be entertaining enough for, for, and if I'm lucky enough to have grandchildren, that, that genuinely is how I kind of think of myself. I always kind of (laughs) <laughs> yeah I do, and as far as work goes I, I just never know quite where the next thing will come from mm. i think if i can if i can i'd like to be an advocate for honestly for other people and other things i think you know what i like to do is to shine a light on uh, another flavor another place another great another another ability mm. uh, I'm, I'm i'm quite reticent to be honest i think people always assume i'm sort of going to be larger than life and you know want to hog the limelight and actually I've, i have quite a complicated relationship with that and i i, I find more it's more easy if i can yeah if i can talk about somebody else i'm not that you know interested in necessarily you know trying to talk about you know or, or be there for another reason if you see what i mean does that yeah, yeah, does that absolutely. at all make sense yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely makes sense yeah.
0: no, I, think, I think it doesn't which bit of your job gives you most pleasure because there's so many facets to it aren't there
1: well to, to be really honest i really like this uh, speaking I, I love this kind of thing it's really i really do i just think this is um you know, when you're kind of in the moment, you're with another person, ideally, you know, over a glass of wine, th- those are the moments when you kind of get, you go mind flying together, you sort of surf the universe and we've done that, you know, we've yeah. hung out and, and I adore that, you know, I never know where the conversation's going. I'm always, I'm really happy to learn. I'm I'm, I'm very keen to to spend as much time in good company as I possibly can. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think probably, sp- sp- yeah, this kind of thing, podcasting, I loved it when I did Radio 2. I managed to sit in for Claire Balding for a few years and then I got my own show on Radio 2 for a while. And I really enjoyed that. And I, you know, I, I love any kind of you know podcasting. It, it's chat. great. Yeah, yeah. chats. Yeah. I love well, that, the chats.
0: And I, I like the stuff we do together. You know, with three wine men with our dear friend Oz Clark. You know, I think the three of us always have fun. And you know, it, we, that's always been the premise of it, hasn't it? Just that we enjoy each other's company. We enjoy the same sorts of wines most of the time. Oz, yeah. sometimes we never know, do we? But you know, <laughs> well, where is he? <laughs> where is he? <laughs> Eternal question. Where is he?
1: <laughs> but, yeah, know, totally. It's, it's fun. It's,
0: and, I, and I think we're all we come at wine from from a you know, we've all got different tastes and things, but we come at it from the same place, the same angle which is that we think it should be fun. It should be more accessible. We're not wine snobs. You know, we don't only drink first-growth clarets. We, we, we're open to everything, right? Well, almost everything.
1: Almost everything. A hundred percent agree. Yeah, yeah, almost everything. Well, I remember, you remember Vinya Pomal, You remember that, that yeah. wonderful day? Like, honestly, you know, if you're wondering what it's like for us doing the show, you know, Tim and I find wines that we love and then we enjoy them. Guess yeah. what? We actually really do have They're a glass of the show. Them. We do. And, and I think that's really key as well because we, we are in a time when, of course, we have to be responsible and bear all that in mind. Mm. Also, though, the cadence and the feeling that wine gives is something that's been celebrated throughout human history. And I'm a massive fan of the way Horace speaks about wine. and, And, you know, it's just, it's something to... To, to delve a little more deeply into the liminal spaces of life. I just see. give yourself that space. And Oz, you and me, I think we all agree on that. And we all have our different characters, of course, but yeah, we do love each other. And ultimately, yeah. I love those shows. Main, I mean, of course, I like doing the shows themselves, but I really like hanging out with we you. To hang out, yeah. And with Oz, you know, and that's, that's a treat.
0: Yeah. I just said someone interviewed me for a newspaper in Spain this week when I was in Barcelona at the Wine Week. And he said, what do you like most about wine? And I said, well, obviously the flavour and the history and all this stuff. And I said, and do you know, what? I actually quite enjoy, Mild intoxication. You know, I'm not being drunk, but I, I like the fact that that wine makes you happy. You know, I mean, I'm, yeah. I'm an alcohol. I know there are lots of depressors who drink alcohol, but for me, I, it's a, it's a source of joy and and, and, and fun and, and mild intoxication. And I hesitate, mild. you know,
1: sorry, underline yeah. the word mild. Yeah.
0: I think it's part of it. Eh?
1: Well, I think that sense of being feeling connected with the moment is huge. You know, and and, and therefore wine, it, it, I think. You know, the way I'd come at that is the mild part is important because it allows you to then engage with the conversation yes. or with the music or the food or whatever. You know, wine is really part of a bigger scene and that I think is why it's so cool because it is a lighthouse. It's a cultural yeah. kind of touchstone. It's a compass to the next great thing. Yeah, I love it. A compass yeah. to the next great thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. there you go. <laughs> <Perfect>. <laughs> I'm going to steal
0: that. No, I'm not do, really. Do, do. I mean, I want to ask you a bit more about TV because, I mean, it's always been a bit frustrating for me. There's never been a great series about wine on, on mainstream TV? Is, is, is it just too complex for the medium? Or have we not found the right formula? I'm sure you've tried. We've all
1: tried. But, we have. Well, why has yeah. it not worked? I think there's, I think there's one. There are shows that have come close. I mean, I would point at Oz and James is the popularity of that show, that The was Adventures. The closest, but it was that, a crossover, that was. almost wasn't it? Yeah. It was lifestyley, and it was yeah. buddy buddy, and it was odd coupley and 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 that was successful, very much in the in the vein of Sideways, which again, yeah. you know, is a really good approach. I think. Um, yeah, I th- I think it is a tough one. Visually, wine tends to look similar, so that's yeah. something. But, of course, you and I would immediately jump in and say, yeah, but it's surrounded by all these different mm. uh, vistas, mm. there's different land, there's different people, stories, different cultures, traditions. And I think it is doable, mm. and I think the broadcasters that I've spoken to tend to be of the opinion that wine is too niche. That's the thing I've yeah. come up against time and time again. I think, I think that's catastrophically wrong mm. uh, because I, I think wine is something enjoyed by a huge number of people. Well, more people drink wine
0: in life. the UK than beer now,
1: right? Well, right. And now we've got so many celebrity wines. Kylie is, I think, the best-selling wine in the UK. Gary Barlow is the best-selling organic wine. Yeah. I just don't think it stands up that it's niche because this yeah. is clearly a mainstream part of people's lives that they're very interested in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it, probably the way to do it is to try to connect it a little bit, maybe with a bit of celebrity. I mean, that can never, yeah. never harm. But I definitely think setting it in different ways. I mean, there was that US show, wasn't there, when they tried to do a, a kind of a, a almost like a competitive reality show about winning a vineyard i forget the name of it you know it's not a terrible idea but i think no. given that there's so much talent in the uk now even from a farming point of view just a yep. regular strand on country where it would be i think wine can work in all sorts of different ways on telly so the battle continues yeah the battle
0: continues tell me a bit about about celebrities because you've had your own Celebrity-ish, I suppose. Podcast with, you know, a glass with, and you've interviewed Kylie Minogue, Lucky Man. I'd love to have yeah. Kylie <laughs> Minogue. <laughs> yeah, anyway, yeah. But you've had, you've had Sting on there, and Pink, and Sam yeah. Neill, and, and 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 Sir Michael Parkinson. Yeah. Who was the most fun to interview? With that?
1: Oh, lady? that's a brilliant question. I love Dawn French, and, oh, uh, wow. and she, she was amazing, and and actually uh, amazing in the in the kind of podcast because she she's not massively into wine, but she crossed the bridge and was prepared to go there, and really did get very interested in wine to the point where she asked me out for a curry afterwards with uh, her. Husband, which was fantastic and i had a brilliant time so so yes wine led to a nice friendship there so i think dawn would be my my i've always got a soft spot for dawn french um but i suppose you know there are people that have kind of got away you know there's definitely somebody i've got in mind who i will never be able to interview on the podcast so we would have loved to have well tell me about him in a minute i want to ask you who was the most daunting was sting a bit daunting well sting was a bit daunting because i went to sting's house with trudy and it was a joint interview and we were in italy i mean this is how you pinch yourself moment you're sitting in sting's house you know and, and his dogs are roaming around and you're in his living room and you very nearly spill a bottle of wine over a priceless book about the beatles but we don't talk about that um, but yeah one of the things i, I think it, they were a little bit worried initially that i was sort of there to talk about wine in a highbrow way or catch them out in some way and about 10 minutes in you can still hear it everybody's shoulders drop And I think it's the bit where Sting, I think I asked him about why he bought that particular house and vineyard. You know, was it for the view and everything? He's like, no, I bought it because there's a lake there and I like swimming in the nude. And you just think, right, that'll do. (laughs) That's all right. Yeah, (laughs) fine. So he was quite daunting, but in the end, not. And in the end, very sweetly, again, he and Trudy invited my family, who were staying locally, to a pizza evening that night that they were hosting for the the people who work in the vineyard. And we had an absolute blast. Although my kids, hilariously, when he walked in, said, "I, I don't recognize him. But I do recognise her. And of course they recognized Judy Siler because she'd been in friends. She, you know, Phoebe tries to make friends with her, I think, in one episode. But that was that was that was pretty magical. Well, and who did you never have on the show who you'd like to have had on the show? Well, that, that's yes, that's definitely the one that got away is Sir Roger Moore, who um is no longer with us sadly, and I miss greatly because bizarrely Tim, he ended up becoming a friend of mine and, and me of him in, in his later years. And 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 actually, you know, we 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 got to know each other through an animation I was working on. But he um He was sort of my hero because he was Bond and the Persuaders and the Saints. And actually, when I met him and he spoke about his work for UNICEF and and what he wanted to do for people with HIV around the world and girls having an education in Afghanistan and trying to help with iodine and goiter, I immediately realized he was absolutely my hero, but for completely different reasons.
0: So he used his celebrity for good, for he, good he,
1: causes. And I think that's exactly the right thing to do. And he was, he was a spectacular human being and an extremely generous, warm, and thoughtful, reflective person. Mm. Um, and he liked wine, which was yes. really charming. So his favourite wine was Sancerre. And he was telling me about how he and Michael Caine and Leslie Bacuse would go off to the Loire Valley, going on these wine tours, packing the back of the car. Can you imagine being a fly on the wall? Now, that is a wine TV show you want to see. <laughs> it certainly
0: is. I mean, Can you amazing? imagine? Like, Alive yeah.
1: Exactly. Tell me, you know, you've mentioned this already,
0: but you're interested in other drinks, you know, beer, yep. cocktails. Do you think being interested in other drinks gives you a slightly
1: dispect- different perspective on wine? I think that's probably true, yes. I think flavour-wise, it's quite interesting to get a reference to see what's, what's hot and what's trendy. I remember when hops became hugely popular in beer, and I realised that, that there was kind of a correlation between the passion fruit nature of Sauvignon Blanc and these tropical surges that were coming in beers. Um, but then beers moved into this kind of almost a hot Armageddon race, you know, to see how hoppy they could become. So that was quite interesting, because with wine, I think we're always after proportion and balance and all these things that that are important to us. And then other drinks, I'm not saying they go to excess, but they they can be very creative. And of course, they can make a different brew every day. You can make a gin, you know, to your specification. So I I definitely think it does... And lend you can add, some you can kind add of. botanicals respect. or hops yeah. in the case of beer yeah. and these are, Yeah. Yeah. And then there are lovely crossovers like the world of cognac, which I think is fascinating. You know, and that obviously is a huge link with the world of wine being made from grapes. But um, yes, I, I do love other drinks and cocktails, obviously, in particular. I've just written a, a book, a The cocktail Home Cocktail book. Bible. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And I've got no. another one coming in the autumn. I'm no. not sure I'm allowed to reveal the title yet, but I've just finished the, <laughs> the shoot and I've delivered it. So yeah, it's, it's in the bag. It's done. But is, is it still wine that excites you most? Definitely. Definitely, <laughs> definitely it's wine that excites me most because that's uh i think culturally it's just such a window into other people's countries' lives lifestyles foods traditions and the future let's you know that's the most important part of all we're, we're facing interesting questions about climate change and sustainability and you know I love the work for example that Plémont Vigneron are doing in Southwest France uh, they're fantastic at kind of teasing out varieties that might be useful in that uh, particular area you know I think of Asiatico and Santorini it's very drought resistant so there's lots of interesting conversation to be had yeah. um, you know Tariga in Bordeaux Tariga Nacional. there we have
0: it which is is fantastic isn't it it's
1: amazing i think it's great you know more power to their elbow (laughs) might end up being better
0: than merlot not hard yeah yeah (laughs) 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 i love it tell me something you know you've always been a big fan you mentioned this of english food and drink and when you moved to lewis there wasn't that much of an english wine scene but there is now yeah but what do we do best do you think it's sparkling wine as as a country
1: Well, I think that's high. I definitely do, but I buy quite a lot of Bacchus. I really love it, and I think it can be nuanced. I think it can be interesting. I like uh, Ulrich Hoffman a great deal at Hoffman and Rathbone. Uh, His use of acacia wood and eggs and all sorts to, you know, in the ferment, he manages to get texture. He manages to make it feel like it's got elegance. It's not overblown. And and his wines, I think, age really well. I've got a little uh, library going now, and I think that they're quite intriguing. Mm. So I think when it's treated right, Bacchus could actually be a real contender. I, I think, to be honest, I think with with English wine, it's it's too early to say is the honest mm. truth. And I feel, you know, we've got our PDO in Sussex, and I suppose that's um, useful in some regards, and some might say not in others. But I, I, I do think it's too early to really nail what we're going to do. Especially with um, climate change, right? Well, yeah, because I, I – I, and also I don't think we've, we've had any time to really get to know the sites. But what I will say uh, is that the sites we already have are flipping amazing. Yeah. You know, when you think – I mean, this is in its infancy. It's so exciting. Essex. It's the es- yeah, Crouch Valley. <laughs> yes, <laughs> absolutely. Oh, yes. And Flint up in Norfolk. Yeah. You've got i in mean, Camel down in Cornwall. We've yeah. got you. You can't do a podcast without saying thanks to the Lindos. <laughs> there we go. We got the Lindos in. I they're, love like, the Lindos. Yes, and of they are. We love
0: them. Yes. I mean, one of the things I love, and you told me about this. You were UK ambassador for the Food is Great campaign. You visited <laughs> oh, yeah. China, didn't you? Now you had to work with a certain politician <laughs> who went on briefly to to greater things, I suppose. Yeah. I mean. Could you tell us a bit more about it?
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, uh, so Liz Truss was with us. She was the, I think, the trade minister at the time. Um, I, I think I'll jump over that and give you a kind of a response to when she became prime minister, which neatly encapsulates my opinion of her. I am not a gambling man, Tim. I very rarely bet, but I put down a bet of, a, I can't remember how much it was, maybe £25, that she and Kwasi Quarten would both fall before Christmas. And everybody thought I was crazy and I won a good amount of money, which I gave to charity. But I, I I, had absolutely zero faith in her, and I was really, to be honest, distressed, despondent, concerned, alarmed when I heard that she was going to be our Prime Minister. Um, and I, yeah, I, I just hope for better times is all I can say. I, <laughs> yes, think, I think you we know, all do. I love people, and I think we deserve to to love each other and be loved by the people who lead us as much as we should love them.
0: Yeah, and be, have a, live in a country run by people
1: um, with 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 values. People who who genuinely care and have, and well, people who have some skin in the game. Yes. Let's put it like that. And I yeah. think a lot of people are playing with things as though they're a, a toy. This is not a yeah. toy. This is our lives, yeah. and it's high time that responsibility was taken. So. Yeah. Yeah, I I I hope for better times. Bit of a serious moment there, but (laughs) I you know I've got to let's
0: let's move back onto wine. Yes, (laughs) yes, yes, yeah, I love wine. I mean. Favourite wine regions and countries, apart from England, you mentioned that. Yeah. You've always had this thing with Greece, haven't you? I mean, and you, oh, yes. you were kind of ahead of the curve there. I don't, I don't know, was uh, it a holiday there or something? Or yes. did you just fall in love yeah. with the Certico or what?
1: Well, it was both those things. So I first went to Greece when I was uh, 18 on holiday with Sophie and we were camping for three weeks. And I realised then that there was some really inexpensive boutique production of quite interesting wines that I simply didn't recognise the flavours of. Mm. So I fell completely in love. And actually, even I know Retsina isn't the greatest wine in the world, but when it's done right it can be intriguing and as a food pairing with things like you know very garlicky flavors like scordalia for example it really can work and it, is, it needs intense flavors but yes I, I became intrigued by the regionality of greece and actually one of the first pieces i ever wrote graham halter very sweetly gave me my first job in writing for the wine and spirit magazine i think it was mm-hmm. called and the, one of the first pieces i wrote was called greece is cool about cool climate greece high altitude stuff in crete uh, vidiano and all these wonderful white grape varieties that were producing wines of finesse and and poise. Uh, and I don't, to be honest, I don't think people took it that seriously. Um, and I, I I've, I've still stand by that because, you know, I love the islands of Greece. I love the rivers, the lakes, the mountains. I love the regionality of it and the great varieties, Xenomavoro and Asitko and Malagosia and all of these. They're great. But high altitude Greece has just not been touched yet. And I think we're going to see some of that coming. What do you more think to it's. Come. More, loads more to come. And I think, you know, Cyprus, the Trudos Mountains, uh, Sinisteri is great with the highest vineyards in Europe. So, or, or one of them, you know, I think there might be some talk from some of the islands out in the Atlantic about this, but I'll leave them to have their tussle. But, <laughs> but I'm a massive fan of Greece. I, I, I totally think that they're having their moment. And again, lots of organic boutique production can't be a bad thing for the world.
0: And where else? Anywhere else? Yeah, I love... Where do you get love- at
1: home when you travel? I mean, you, you travel oh, quite I, a bit, don't
0: you? I, I do. Mean, you're, 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 off on, you're off on cruise ships all the time. But- yeah, I do, yes.
1: I, 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 that's a really good question. I mean, I, I, like you, I love Spain. I always feel very relaxed in Spain. Um, France has always held intrigue. You know, I am I, fascinated by the wines of Germany. I mean, South America, it's really hard to pick one. But if I I, I It's... It, it's... Poor. I don't know. It's really diff- it's a really hard one because I, I'm like you. I'm really interested mm. by everything I taste. I'd probably probably be somewhere in Europe, yeah. somewhere that I don't know very well. Even yeah. if it's a corner of the Languedoc doing something a bit amazing. Place. Yeah. I, yeah, Rissillon with those old vines. Yeah. I mean, it's extraordinary yeah. what's on our doorstep, yeah. you know. And actually, you think about the Loire, Muscadet. Mm. It's yeah. amazing. I know. Nobody knows it. But I idea, know. And what about the stuff you drink? I mean, do you have a cellar at home? Yes, I do. I, what's I in do. it? What's in it? Can, you, can you open facts? the door for us? Yeah, I'd love to. Um, yeah. So I, I my fizz collection pretty much is 100% English, and uh, there's, there's a lot of bottles there. Um, but it's a library that I'm... Uh, I'm intrigued by. Um, I'd buy a, li- a little bit of kind of, you know, Bordeaux of the level of Chateau Mani, that mm. sort of thing, you know, that's affordable and within reach. I know you and I really like uh, Grand Pilacoste as well. I think we share a similar taste. I buy quite a bit of Spain, mm. Portugal. Uh, there's a lot of Greece. That's probably the biggest section. Um, Australia. I love Syrah. I love Victoria. I love uh, Jaden Ong. I mean, his wines are really I buy a lot of his stuff. I mean, Mac Forbes I buy a bit of Mac as well. Love the Forbes. most world's most handsome man, apart from everything else. Um, bit of Kiwi <laughs> stuff. A um, lot of Tokai. A lot yeah. of Tokai. Not much America, not much North America, to be honest. A bit South of Argentina. America? Yeah, I've got a lot of chili, a little bit of Argentina. I South saw Africa? you can see your Yes, I've got some yeah. old TMV stuff that Chris yeah. and Andrea Mullin. Oh, made. Oh, I have as well.
0: We should, we should compare it. Let's have which a taste you-
1: yes, do Yeah, I, no, I a yeah. lot. So, you know, and actually I found a good Cape Point Semi on the other day, a really old one that Duncan Savage had made. And I thought, I'd totally forgotten I had it. So, any a bit of fortified. You know, I've kind of got, you know, not much not much burgundy actually although i'm putting that right i'm um i'm i'm finding my way slowly but surely into the world of burgundy you know trying to buy smart by following you know recommendations from people like yourself yeah
0: i I, I think the difficult thing with burgundy now is the top stuff has got so ludicrously expensive yeah that it makes me want to go to places like greece and spain where you know and drink garnacha from gredos or rioca or whatever yeah and portugal which which have burgundy like qualities in a, sense, completely like a different grape variety completely agree yeah. yeah i want to go back to celebrities for a second because you were on celebrity mastermind you, you're a bit of a celebrity was. yourself aren't you very what kind. was the specialist subject uh
1: it was with nail and i uh so i thought you know i was there as a patron of the drinks trust so i had a drinks charity i thought i better have a drinks you know bit of content and with nail. and i remember can you do um, the tea shop speech yeah, yeah, we've got the finest toyons available to humanity. We want the, yeah, we the, plow. Uh, yeah, it was great. Miss Planet has to call the police. Yeah. Well, it's not just your cake. And fine wine. Uh, it's it's an amazing film. of um, It's a film of great tenderness. And actually, I will say, if you're a fan of Whidnell, there's a, a current movie I'd recommend called Brian and Charles, which oh. is similarly whimsical about a, an inventor in the wilds of Wales who creates a robot to keep him company, and together they overthrow a bully, and it's wonderful. But yeah, that's that's was good. my first Where can you watch that? Uh, you can watch that, that? Oh, oh, can watch that on Amazon Prime. It's on the moment. Yeah, might watch yeah. That tonight. Brian You'd love and it. Charles. You'd love it. <laughs> very very whimsical and sweet. But yes, I did actually manage to win Celebrity Mastermind. So, yes, I did. And I think that I, I knew that I was in with a shot when he asked me who the, the name of the camera operator in Widnell and I. And I was like, oh, I think it's Bob Smith. And how that's in there, I've no idea. But I thought, oh, okay, yeah, maybe I've got a shot here.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, and would would you ever go? You know, I'm just to get me out of here. But you know, do you fancy a bit uh, of
1: um, a bit of kangaroo penis with that and deck or whatever well, it is they eat in there? <laughs> I mean, I, I. So there's two sides to this because in the past I would have said I'd probably think about it, but when Matt Hancock turned up, I thought. I just think that's not right. I just thought that was a, if I was in there, I would have found it really hard because- well, Not of, to punch him. Well, to, to, yeah, to conduct myself with decorum, I think. So I'll leave that one there. Cause I don't honestly know. I'd love to do strictly if they ever ask, but they're never going to ask me, you know, they're going to ask a chef in that slot before they ask me. Yeah. Um, because you like that's dancing, learning. do you? Well, I, I, I love dancing, but the reason I really want to do it is because my wife, Sophie, is an amazing dancer and trained all her life and genuinely fantastic. And I can never dance with her at parties or weddings in the way that she would love. And I've tried, but I would, you know, this would be the training that would finally, you know, I would love to make Sophie happy. So that's the reason I would do Strictly.
0: <laughs> I love that. Talking about Sophie, you've got an amazing family, two wonderful kids. Uh, how do you get away from wine?
1: I love Wildlife and nature, in particular. So I'm a big gardener, and for years I kept bees. I love uh, the idea of pollination. I find it all fascinating, the interlinking of things, the interdependence of, of beings. It's, just, it's, it's, it's effortlessly um, intriguing. I just have an endless curiosity for that. But unfortunately, as the years went by, I realized that I was slowly becoming allergic to bee stings. And oh, in nice. spite of my honey being, I think, the most delicious honey in the world, I had to knock it on the head. So instead, I'm now the patron of the Bumblebee Conservation Trust. So solitary bees uh, I'm, I'm all in favour of and I've replanted my whole garden to give winter forage for them and uh, yeah I'd, I'd love, to, love to help the bees out if I possibly can because how often do you get stung by bees if you're making, you're making honey well not that often but I, there was one particular hive that was a bit angry and so angry they managed to sting me through my, my what was it called my bee costume I can't remember what you call it um, and I, I, I kind of swelled up in some extraordinary places and went and saw the doc, and um, they took some bloods and then went yeah you really can't keep bees mate well, your honey you, career is over yeah you're so allergic yeah and i was like oh am i i had no idea but uh, yeah so that's that's that but yeah solitary bees forever and what about music still part of your life that's where you Huge. started really as a kid right it very much is and um you know I, I i yearn for the day when classic fm will ring me up and say yes you've got your own show it's uh it's just drinking and talking about music that'd be incredible But that's clearly never going to happen but i would no, brilliant i'd love well, you oh it's very kind i mean i i i absolutely love yeah music so if i could play music a bit more with other people i'd really like that because i, I tend to listen to a lot of music mm. that music of course like wine is not a solitary pursuit yep. these things are for us so for one another these are communal enterprises that i think can elevate one and all mm. and surely that's the name of the game well i think so and it's time to get the french hall now right yeah definitely i'm up for tootling away anytime <laughs> okay
0: brilliant. ollie it's been amazing talking to you and are you going to tell us what the cocktail book's called
1: Oh, yes, the Home Cocktail Bible is out at the moment, and there's another one along in the autumn, should you wish it. And um, that's going to have a different name. It will have a different name, something to do with um, Atlas travel cocktail-y stuff. I can't really reveal it, but it will be a global journey in the world of yes. cocktails. okay, and send a coffee to Liz Truss. Um, no. <laughs>
0: <laughs> that gives me great to see you, see you soon, my friend. Loads of love, buddy. Take it easy. Bye. Bye. What a hoot that was, and I hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. Next week on Cork Talk, my guest is the distinguished grapevine geneticist, Carol Meredith, known, among other things, for being the person who solved the mystery of Zinfandel. Join me then. Thanks for listening to Cork Talk. If you want to read more reports, articles and tasting notes by me, go to my website, timatkin.com. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Tim Atkin, and on Instagram, at Tim Atkin MW. See you next week.